This week, we've got two different questions about the process and the team that helps you close on the purchase of a business. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. All right, I got two different questions. Let me read them to you. The first one is from a YouTube viewer, Pappy Shampoo, and Hey, I love you. I love the names that some of you people give yourselves. Uh, Pappy Shampoo was watching How Long Should a Seller Stay in the Business that was talking about transitions and asks, David, please make a video on how closing a deal works. Do we hire a lawyer or do we just go to a notary agent? And you can probably tell from that term notary agent that um, we get questions here from people all over the world. And I work with people all over the world. And so I've experienced different setups in different places. We're going to be talking about that today. The other question was from Hassan, who was watching the video, So You've Decided to Be a Business Broker. And he asks, David, can you make a video on the closing process you used when you were a business broker? I'm closing my first deal soon, and I'm a little unclear on how the closing process works. Two great questions, and I'm going to, I'm going to answer them kind of together in this one video. <clears throat> and as we know from Hassan's question, you know, he's saying, and, and I believe Hassan is a business broker, he's saying, asking, how did it work for me? And this is important because a lot of the times in different parts of the world, even within the same country in different provinces or states, um, the rules and the conventions can be a little bit different. So when I was a business broker, I was licensed under the Real Estate Agents Act here in the province of New Brunswick, where I live in Canada. And so I was technically a realtor. And when a, a buyer made an offer on a business and they put a deposit down, I took that money and I put it into my own brokerage trust account. And the real estate board would come and they would audit me usually every year. And they would look at all the transactions in the trust account. And the bank had a separate set of rules and agreement with me for managing that money as well. And so when a buyer made an offer, I held the deposit and then they would go through their due diligence and all that kind of stuff. And they would talk with their banker about a loan. And at a certain point in time, they would decide, yes, I'm moving forward with the deal. They would remove their conditions and the final paperwork would start to be prepared by the lawyer. So, Pappy, your question about the lawyer. Yeah, you're talking about a transaction with contracts often with security registrations and all kinds of legal implications. So we want to have a lawyer or an attorney who's going to be able to help you with the paperwork. The bigger and more complicated the business, the more important this is going to be. And it's going to be more important for you to actually have a lawyer or attorney who is familiar with doing these kinds of deals. So that lawyer, the buyer's lawyer, um, they're going to say, well, you're buying this business. Where's the money coming from? And if you recall from other videos I've made, when you buy a business, typically the money's coming from three different places, from the buyer's own pocket, from a bank who might be making a loan, and the seller who may be doing some amount of seller financing or vendor financing, vendor take back, different terms all mean the same thing. So the lawyer can see from your offer and from the deals that 
they've got these three different avenues of financing the transaction. You're going to have to bring the balance of your money, whatever is your money in excess of the deposit, you're gonna to have to bring that to your lawyer and the lawyer has to know that the funds are good. So often it can't be a check, it's gotta be a wire transfer or a certified check or a bank draft or something like that so that the lawyer knows that the money is good, it's sound, it's not going to bounce later, for example. They're also gonna communicate with the bank and they're gonna say, send me the money that you're lending my client. Now, the bank is often gonna have a whole series of conditions, it's called a letter of direction in some places, where they're going to send the money to the lawyer's trust account and they're gonna say, you cannot use this money unless you satisfy these concerns. It might be things like insurance policies, it might be registering security liens on property or equipment or things like that. Um, there could be any number of conditions. <clears throat> and then that last piece is gonna be the seller financing, which your lawyer is probably gonna draw up in the form of a promissory note. Before closing day, all of these contracts are gonna be put together. <clears throat> and so in an asset sale, our offer to purchase or letter of intent is probably gonna evolve into several different contracts. There could be um, uh, a, a bill of sale, there could be non-competition non agreement, a non-solicitation agreement, there's gonna be a promissory note, there could be other things. There could be a consulting contract, for example. So we might have more than one deal. There's a couple ways to close a deal. You can either do it in what's called counterparts, where you meet with your lawyer and you sign everything, and then the lawyer will go meet the seller's lawyer and they will equally have copies of contracts signed by their client, and the two lawyers will do the deal with themselves, right? They'll just, they'll finish it off. Your lawyer as the, as the buyer's lawyer will bring the money and the promissory note, and those are the two things that form the consideration for the business. And then the seller's lawyer will take that money and will deposit it into their own trust account. And they might have to satisfy certain obligations before they can pay the seller. So there might have been liens on some of the equipment and the seller's lawyer has to make sure that those liens are all removed, maybe by paying off debts with some of the money before they can release the balance of the money and the promissory note to the seller of the business. Now, I described the process that happens here, but in other jurisdictions, it can take other forms and there can be other people involved. So in other places where I've helped clients, there might be a buyer's attorney and a seller's attorney, and then what they call a closing attorney, who is an attorney who stands in the middle, who doesn't really work for either client. Their only job is to make sure that all the different conditions of the deal are satisfied, right? Sometimes in real estate, we have an escrow agent or a title agent. Again, it's different terminology in different parts of the world based on the conventions that have been established in those places. So how do you know what's going to happen where you happen to be? Oh, before I move further on, remember that deposit I held in my trust account? So as a business broker, I was being paid a commission on the sale of the business. And so let's say the deposit was $10,000, but my commission was 20,000. What I would do is I would send a bill to the seller's lawyer for 20,000 minus the 10,000 I already had in my trust account. I had a security interest in the proceeds of the transaction. So my bill as a broker was one of the obligations that the seller's lawyer had to satisfy before giving the balance of the money to the seller of the business. So they would tell me the deal is closed. 
upon official notification that the deal was closed, I could take the $10,000 out of the trust account that I held and move it into my operating account because I had now earned that money. It was half my commission. And then the seller's lawyer would then send me a check or I'd go pick up a check for the balance. And that's how I got paid as a broker. So how do you know what the process and rules are where you happen to be? Well, this is why you want to work with a lawyer who is experienced in doing business transactions, who's done them before, because they're going to be able to explain to you the process that's going on in your particular place in your jurisdiction. So when you're talking with a lawyer, you know, oftentimes you'll say, hey, can you help me buy a business? And they'll say yes, because they want business. It amazes me sometimes when people talk with accountants and lawyers how they won't follow up or do any amount of due diligence on these professionals the way they might with a contractor to do a home repair or a roofer or someone like this. It's okay to ask for further details from a lawyer about their level of experience in doing things like a small business purchase or a sale transaction. So you can ask them how many times a year you do this kind of deal. How many businesses have you helped buy or helped sell, right? Can you give me the names of some of your past clients or pass my name on to them for them to give me a call because I'd like to talk with them about, you know, your experience. It's okay. It's okay. Lawyers are service providers. They know that they're competing with other lawyers and they know that they're competing, not just on price. There are lawyers out there that charge a couple hundred dollars an hour. There's lawyers out there who charge a couple thousand dollars an hour, right? They're used to having to explain why they're worth more money. So don't be afraid to ask. Anyway, I hope that helps uh, both um, Pappy and Hassan. Um, if you're out there and you're contemplating the purchase of a business, one of the things that I would highly recommend is that you sign up for my online program that you can find out more about over at businessbuyeradvantage.com, where I take you from the buyer's perspective through the entire thing. One of the sections there is a discussion. One of the whole modules is a discussion about your team and who you're going to have on your team and the kinds of things you have to make sure that are in place in order to make sure that your interests are well represented when it comes time to doing the closing and to make sure things go off well. As far as you know, the way that the deal closes, I'm always a big fan of the, the big happy get together where the buyer and seller and their lawyers all get together at one place and everybody signs everything. And of course, the reason for that is because sometimes things happen at the last minute and if everything and everyone are there together, then we can put out those fires without them dragging on. Um, because once closing day happens, usually things get into motion where confidentiality is broken and other people start to find out that the deal has been done. And so you want to make sure that if there is a problem at the last minute, that you have everyone at hand to solve those problems. Anyway, with that, we'll see you later and keep the questions coming. It's how I know uh, what videos to make. We'll talk to you soon. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. 
jeffalpod.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.